Amen. Woo. Good start to our first corporate worship time of the year. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into the Word today. Um, you know, when I when I started the year, um, I'm at a place in my life when I look at the Word, uh, I just I just I'm not using Bible reading plans right now. I'm not knocking them. We have some out there. I can get you some, and those are great to, to get you started if you've never read the Bible. But what I've been doing recently or in the last couple of years is just like, hey, Lord, where do you want me to read? It's like, where, where, where do you want me to go? Uh, I've read through the Bible, I don't know how many times, uh, every year since I was, I don't know, 18 or 19 or 20 or something. But, uh, and that's, that's several times, uh, like four. Um, <clears throat> because I'm 24, um, <laughs> believe it, and it's true, right? Um, so, but really, I was just, I was just, you know, Lord, where, where do you want me to read? And also, I'm always thinking as a pastor, of course, where, Lord, where, where do you want me to, to teach from? And so, I was, I could not get away from the book of Exodus. So, we are, we're going to start today in the book of Exodus, and if you remember, if you were here at our Christmas play for the year, uh, part of the theme of the, of the play was the cry for God to deliver us. And I kind of spoke on that on that Christmas, not the Christmas Day service, but the Christmas play service uh, about the, God's desire to deliver us and, and bring freedom. And so I really think that's just kind of a, a word that God wants to establish uh, for us as as a body this year, that he's he's saying that to us. Now, the book of Exodus is is the second book of the Bible. If you're not familiar with it, that's okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. Um, the story of Exodus is right after you know the start of the history, the story of God. God calls somebody named Abraham. Well, he's called Abram, and then he changes his name to Abraham and says, "I'm going to make a great nation out of you." And then Abraham has, a, has a, child, a promised child named Isaac. And then Isaac has two children, uh, Esau and Jacob. And Jacob becomes the one, his name is changed to Israel, which we recognize even if we just don't know anything about the Bible. We recognize Israel is now a nation. He's like, I'm going to bring a people out of you. And so Israel, Jacob, has 12 sons uh, who become the 12 tribes of, 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 the, of the Hebrew nation. Uh, of, of God's people, and then they, those kids sell one of their kids named Joseph into slavery, and he goes to Egypt. And through that process, uh, all the family moves to Egypt at the end of the book of Genesis, and then Jacob dies. And so that's where we, where we pick it up in Exodus. That was a pretty cool uh, summary of Genesis 12 through 50. Uh, that's the shortest one ever. So that's a big, big summary. That's the, the overview and basis. So that's, that's where we're coming in. And so as, as we read this, I want to go ahead and just dive right into the Word and read, read this account first, and then we'll go back and, and talk about some things and lay some foundations as to Exodus. So, Holy Spirit, open the Word to us as we read it right now. This is Exodus 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 says, these are the names of the sons of Israel, that's Jacob, 
who went to Egypt uh, with Jacob, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. And so there's this group of 70. So that's, that's, where, that's where we got to. It's like, hey, they, they, now, they moved to Egypt. And if you don't remember, Joseph got put as second in command of Egypt. He, God's favor was on his life. He had all kinds of things happen. You can read about that in Genesis 37 through 50. You can read that whole story. But it says this in verse 6. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly. They increased in numbers and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. And they worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. Now the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And the midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own or he gave them like households of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Like, didn't work with the midwives. We'll try it. Every Hebrew boy that's born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. And so this is where we we begin in the book of Exodus is uh, it's pretty dark. It's pretty, there's there's slavery, there's oppression, there's the people of God are being, being oppressed and put under darkness. Just like, you, just like Dave was talking about, the, the darkness came in. And so what's going to happen when the darkness comes in? Uh, of course, God is going to show up. I mean, that's going to be the book of Exodus is God showing up and saying, I am. <laughs> this is who I am. Let me tell you who I am. Let me reveal who I am. 
And so um, I believe one of the things that, that, it, that happens in this book is the people go, they are led from slavery to freedom. They are led from oppression to, to blessing and promise. They are led from darkness into light. They are, they are led in, from a place of not knowing God to knowing God. And so I believe all those things are, are something that the Lord wants to, to work in us. For some of you, he, he wants to lead you to freedom this year. He wants to say, let me, let me show you how to really be free. And so maybe, maybe this prayer that we prayed over some of you is just the beginning. God's like, I'm, I'm doing something this year. I, I'm changing something this year. This is the year to do that. But sometimes we need to be led into freedom. When you've been, when you've been under it so long, you have to be led. You don't, you, don't know, you don't know how to get to freedom. And so you need somebody to, to, to be your deliverer, to lead you out, to rescue you. Uh, it's also a time of, it says later in the book of Exodus that, that God heard the cry of his people. You know, as we're praying this year, let's, let's believe that God's hearing our cries. What are you crying out for? Just as Greg, Greg was saying earlier, talking about praying every day. It's like, man, what a challenge that is, right? Were you challenged by that? Even if you weren't going to sign up, right? <laughs> You're like, I need to pray with my, my spouse more. That's what I was thinking. It's, probably, it's not convenient to do it every night. Sometimes there's things that come up. I mean, you all know Greg had like major surgery, had issues with the surgery. They still prayed. We know we're going to pray. <laughs> right, Josie? That's right. <laughs> and so God is saying, hey, I'm going to hear your cry. Cry out to me. Seek me. There's also the, the example here of the midwives. It's their boldness and their, and their bravery and their courage. I mean, the king calls them in and says, here's what I want you to do. I mean, this is not like the United States of America. It was not like a, you know, if the president tells us something, we can just, honestly, we can decide to do whatever we want. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, nobody's going to come arrest us yet. <laughs> Right, if they say we don't have to do that, we, I mean, look, we just went through a time where there were all kinds of orders and some of us complied and some of us didn't. I'm not going to get into that. Don't wanna, let's not get off track here. Okay? But like, we, we don't have to do anything. But here, I mean, this is, this is like a dictatorship here. This is a, like, what, if I'm the king, I'm the pharaoh, this is what I say this, you do it. Like, that's how it worked. That's how the society was built. It's like he was the, he was the supreme master. He was looked at kind of as a god. You know, it's like, hey, this is, this is God talking to you right now. Do what I say. But they had a tremendous courage where they stood up and said, no, we, we fear God. God is calling some of us to stand up and, and stand for truth, even when we're, you know, when we're facing it from somebody else who may look like they're, they're the big guy, but no, hey, guess what? I fear the, big, the biggest one ever. I fear the Lord more than anyone or anything else. Not in a way of being afraid of him and running away, but in a way of holy awe and respect, the fear of the Lord, where it's like, I, I can't do what God doesn't want me to do. I have to do what God wants me to do. So interestingly enough, in my research, as I begin to study a little bit of Exodus, uh, 
this year, which is mostly this week, I guess, but uh, <laughs> this, I almost said this week, I'm like, well, that is this, this, this week and this year. The Hebrew name for the book of Exodus is not Exodus. I mean, I know you know that because you're like, that's English, but, <laughs> but it's not Exodus in Hebrew. Did you all know that? I didn't know that. I've been to Bible college. Did you know that, Jerry? Didn't teach at school, right? I mean, must have missed that class. But the Hebrew, actually the original Hebrew name for um, Exodus is Shemot. And what that means is names. <laughs> I like Jerry's. Jerry just was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. Can, can you all do that too? That was cool. Thank you. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe it's just interesting to us Bible scholars. We're like, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but so the, it's interesting. Here's some in, more interesting facts about the book of Exodus. So in Hebrew, it was originally called the book of names. Interestingly enough, the first two names mentioned that aren't just a review of history are two women who are never mentioned again but who did something amazing for the Lord, who stood up for a generation that was going to be slaughtered as they were born, who feared God more than they feared the repercussions from the king. Like, we're not, we're not going to do that. We fear God. We're, we're not going to comply with what the king says. Also, interestingly enough, no Egyptian in the book of Exodus is ever named. Not Pharaoh. We don't know. That's why we don't, people, they try to figure out which Pharaoh it was. Because the, the Bible, a lot of times it names kings. But in the book of Exodus, it's interesting because it's the book of names. And God says, we don't need to know your name, Pharaoh. But we do need to know the name of the two midwives who defied you. We don't know the name of Pharaoh's daughter who found Moses in the next chapter. Never named. The only ones who are named are the people of God and the one God's got brought forth. And what happens later, of course, is in Exodus chapter 3 and 4, Moses says, what's your name, God? And God has to tell him, hey, my name, we're getting ahead of myself. This might be in like two or three weeks here. God says, hey, here's my name. Tell him I am. You know, I think it's interesting also, it starts with the list of the names of the people of God. See, we don't, we don't, we don't read this here, but there's like 400 years that, that passed between Genesis and Exodus in those first few verses. 400 years is a long time. If we go back 400 years in our nation, we don't exist. I mean, think about the whole entire history of the United States of America since, we'll say, the Declaration of Independence in, what, 1776. That's 200 and math people years. Help me. <laughs> right? 200-some years. We're not, that's like not hardly halfway. They were, they were in Egypt for 400 years. 
Do you think they kind of forgot some of the promises of God? Do you think they kind of forgot who they were a little bit? Do you think they kind of, you know, they're hearing about God and it's like, hey, God's our, you know, we're, we've been the people of God and all this. And they look around and it's like, what's, if we're the people of God, God must not be very, very good or very powerful. Because look at, look at our lives. Our lives are in this situation. But it says that they begin to cry out to the Lord. It doesn't say that they cried out to him before. I'm, it doesn't say they didn't, but I'm just, so I'm just throwing that out to you. At some point, it got to the point where they're like, I got to have, God has to do it or no one else. Sometimes we have to get to that place in our lives, right? Where God's not like just one of the options, where the Lord is not just, you know, like on the list, like, yeah, on Sunday, I'll do the God thing. Monday, we're going to try this. Tuesday, I'm going to try, um, you know, you know, complaining to my spouse. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be with the boss. You know, it's, work is the problem. It's, if I just had a different job. Thursday, if I had more money. Uh, Friday, if I was in better health. Uh, Saturday, well, let's just say better pastor, um, just for the sake of, you know, things we could complain about. So, um, <laughs> But we, we have a lot of options sometimes, and it's like, you know, is, is the Lord the option? Is He the first choice? Or is He just one of the options? Like, well, if that doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. Am I keeping my options open? Or is it like Jesus or it? Jesus or bust? So that's the situation. They've been, they've been enslaved for this, this period of time, it's been 400 years, almost 400 years since Joseph's been around. And so they've forgotten the, the you know, there's, there's the stories. Like, I mean, how real is George Washington to us? I mean, think about that. I mean, I've read about him in a book. I've read, I mean, I've seen the drawings and the paintings of what he looks like. But like, it's like, it's like ancient history to me. Like, oh, yeah, all that stuff that happened, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for them, like Abraham, it's like, whoa, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I guess he existed. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. Sometimes we get in that place where we're, we're, so, we're so oppressed and there's so much darkness that we're, it's like we're not even realizing the, the, the true nature of our inheritance and who we are as the people of God. I mean, if you've given your heart to Jesus, you're, you're a child of God. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're now one of the people of God. You belong to Him. And even if you find your place in a place of darkness or oppression or confusion or whatever is going on like this, that, hey, you are, you are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And it isn't amazing, too, that God knows the names of His people. So it's sometimes to be encouraged that God hasn't forgotten you where you're at. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't forgotten the situation you've been in. He hasn't, he hasn't left you alone. He's like, no, I, I know that one. I'm naming that one. That one belongs to me. She belongs to me. He belongs to me. That one's mine. And so I'm encouraged that God knows my name. There's an old song like that. Didn't really like it, but we used to sing it. 
I was a worship leader. I didn't like the song, but we sang it. Sometimes you have to do that because you're like, God's like, that's a good one to sing. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. It was also a four-square song, I think. Um, the book of names starts with God reaching out to those who might even feel like they're nameless. That nobody even knows their name. I mean, isn't that the, the worst place of loneliness where, where no one even knows who you are or what you're going through or what's going on? Because, you know, they might even know the name, but they don't know you. And so in the middle of that situation, it's like the activity of God. That's the situation that happens is God is going to lead his people to, to freedom. So let's pick up in chapter 2. It says, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a, a Levite woman. We don't even get their names yet. Isn't this interesting? It's, there's, there's really specific things with the names here. And, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Why did she hide him? Because remember, now all the Egyptians are looking out for, for the, the Hebrew children. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. That's the river. His sister, that's the baby's sister, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Isn't that amazing? So Moses' mother here. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. Look at that miracle right there. She gives up her baby. She gets to have the baby back, and the government is paying her. So uh, anyway. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And so she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water, which that's what Moses means, to be drawn out. And so one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that. And seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting, and he asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and filled the troughs to water their father's flocks. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Reuel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Reuel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. So Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter, Zipporah, to Moses in marriage. 
Now Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. During that long period, that king of Egypt, unnamed, died. And the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. I think I, think I didn't put all the scripture verses in there, I bet, right? Stop. Uh, isn't that, I mean, isn't that just so amazing? I mean, just the, just, the, just the life of Moses, which I know that was a quick summary that they give us here, is like this incredible encounter. Early on, Moses begins to, he begins to see like, he begins to get a vision from God. Like, I, our, my people aren't supposed to be like this. I mean, he knew who he was. He knew he wasn't like the Egyptians. I mean, he was the da- Pharaoh's daughter's son, but he knew he was adopted. He knew, I don't look like him. I don't look like these people. This is not who I am. He knew who his people were. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to free you. But it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet for Moses. Moses. God had some work to do in Moses before he was able to step into his calling. Some of us want to step right away into all the things that God has for us. And God says, guess what? I've got to work some things out in you. I got I gotta I gotta mature you. I gotta have you go through some trials. I gotta have you go through some hard times. I need to teach you where you know how to pray, you know how to seek me, you know how to get truth from my word. I need you to know what it is to be to be in hardship. I want you to have compassion for other people because you've been through things where you felt the pain and you're not just feeling your own pain, you're saying, I care about your pain. So God begins to work in Moses, and there's and the last verse there in this chapter, before we get to another week, we will do that next week, uh, is that it says God begins to hear the cry of the people, and he remembers his covenant. Man, the, the, I can't talk about covenant and explain that all right now, just in a few minutes, but the covenant that, with God is so huge and so powerful. And it says in the Bible that when Jesus came, he brought a new covenant in his blood, the forgiveness of sins. And so almost all throughout the Old Testament, God is acting in relation to the covenant he has made because God will keep his word. No matter what, God will keep his word. God will, God will do what he says he will do. That's, so impor- that's why it's so important for us to know what God's word is. What has God said? How do I know what to believe in the Word? How do I know what to believe God for? It's in the Bible, the Word of God, the promises of God. This is what God has said because if God said it, then I know He's going to carry it out. He's going to keep His Word. He's going to remember His covenant. He may not do it like we like Him to do it. Right? He may not do it in the time frame we want Him to do it in. I mean, Moses was ready to say, hey, let's, let's, get this on, let's get this thing going right here. But it was not until 40 years later when God calls Moses and says, hey, go back to your people. I'm going to deliver them, and you're, my, you're the deliverer. You're the one that I'm going to deliver them through. This is your calling. You're going to be a deliverer.
So I also think that some of you are going to step into your callings. Some of you, God has, God has called you to things, and you've been in a season of waiting. You're like, God, when? And God's like, okay, now's the time. For some of you, it's going to be like next year, because he's like, nope, we've got another year. <laughs> keep, keep being faithful. Keep trusting me. Keep doing what I'm telling you to do, uh, and, and you'll see it. But you've got, you got to trust me, because there's, there's a right time. God's not just randomly doing things. It says that Jesus came at, in the fullness of time in the book of Galatians. It says that Jesus showed up. Like, why didn't you send Jesus sooner? Like, I mean, wouldn't that have been your plan? Like, Adam and Eve, boom, send Jesus next? Like, that, shouldn't that be like Genesis 4? Is like, and Jesus appeared and died for their sins. And then it was all good. And then just took everybody to heaven. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> or how many ever it was? Uh, <laughs> First of all, God wanted more, of his, more people to be with him. He created us for a relationship. Anyway, don't want to get off track too, we're too far into some, some question that we can't answer. <laughs> but the timing of God is not random. So think about that in, all the, in your own life. The timing of God is not random. It's, it's, not, it's not, he's not rolling the dice. Let's see, what am I going to do in Daniel's life? <laughs> I need more dice. <laughs> Woo. No, he's, he's not rolling the dice. He, he, he's not randomly like, oh, this, this thing happened in your life. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. He's like, no, everything happens. I, I, I am moving in your life with specificity, specificity and purpose. That's what you happens when you try to use too big of a word. <laughs> I am moving specifically in your life. I am not, you know, randomly doing things. And so, too, sometimes I think, too, we're random in our relationship with God. We randomly seek God. We randomly read the Bible. We randomly focus on something, this or that. And God is a God of order. He's a God of purpose. He's a God of, of a plan. He's a God of direction. He's a God of, of putting things in place so that we can walk in them. So maybe, maybe He wants us not to be so random in our lives. Anyway, it's just, that's totally free. It's not even in the notes here. But God has specific things that He's wanting to speak into your life that are for right now. When God speaks to you, it's not like he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, no, this is, the, this is what I have for you right now. This is what I'm saying to you right now. This is what I'm doing in your family right now. This is what you need right now. I'm moving. I have a plan. I've not forgotten my covenant. I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving throughout with, with my people. I, I've not abandoned you. I'm working in your life. But you've got to trust me. You've got to walk with me. You've got to go where I lead you. The people of God had to be led to freedom. We'll get to this later on preaching way ahead here. But it says later that when Moses comes to him at some point, the people can't believe it. It says because their mindset was so trapped in slavery that they couldn't even imagine freedom. They didn't know what it was. They didn't realize that that was even an option. 
For some of us, God wants to release things in our lives that we don't even, we're not even believing for. We don't even believe it's an option to be full of that much joy or full of that much peace or full of that much grace or full of that much restoration, whatever it is that God's doing. Because our minds have been darkened so much by oppression that we can't even believe God. And God says, I'm going to send someone to you and they're going to speak the truth to you. They're going to enlighten you and you're going to be led into freedom. But you have to follow me out of oppression. You have to walk out of the prison. You have to walk out of the fear prison. You have to walk out of the doubt prison. You have to walk out of the confusion prison. If he opens the door, he's not going to drag you out. He wants to empower you. He wants to put power within you. Empower. Empower you. To walk with him, to be led into freedom. Thank you, Jesus. So as you're seeking the Lord this year, as we pray together in this time of fasting and prayer, however God calls you and you join in, um, you know, I, I encourage you just to, just to ask the Lord to speak to you personally. First of all, what, God, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you saying? Uh, that's one of the things we do on, on this Wednesday at this 48 Mop is we ask God for a word. We just say, God, what, what's a word for this year that you want to do with me? And then he gives you some what appears to be a random word. <laughs> it's not random to him. It's only random to you because you, you can't see how it lines up. And he, he'll, he'll begin to, to, to work things in us. You know, ask God, where do you want me in your word this year? Do you, you know, if he leads you to a Bible reading plan, then great. If that's what you need, if you need that structure, if you need that consistency, then, then do it. Uh, if, if that doesn't work for you, uh, ask God and, you know, but don't just randomly read the Bible. All right, it can work sometimes. I always find that I open to like Psalms or Isaiah because, you know, it's right in the middle. Oh, Psalm, Psalm 30. Let's read it today, Right. It's a good one. There's nothing wrong with it. Psalms and Isaiah is good. But, you know, sometimes God wants you to, wants you to, he wants you to hear his voice and to know, hey, I want you to read the book of Hosea. You're like, I didn't even know there was a book of Hosea. <laughs> well, he has something for you because he's speaking to you personally as his child. He doesn't have to send it through Pastor John. You can hear him. I'm just supposed to give extra emphasis to things and hopefully, you, you know, you catch it. <laughs> so ask the Lord, you know, as, as you're beginning this year, you know, let, let God speak. And don't be in a rush either. Like, I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, you're like, okay, well, keep seeking him. What did he tell you to do last? Keep doing that until he tells you to do something new. Don't like, oh, that was last year. Well, maybe he wants you to keep doing it for this year. Like Ashley was saying at the start of the service, every day is a new day to God. His mercies are new every morning. So it's, it's new for him every day. It's not like 2023, he's like, woo! I mean, God doesn't shoot off the, poo, happy new year. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I am. <laughs> I just am. There's not, there's, new year doesn't mean anything different to him. He's already in the am. <laughs> but I encourage you seek the Lord. So let's, 
I think I've preached at you enough. Let's, let's stand. Thank you, Lord. We'll have our leaders. If you still need prayer, they'll, they'll be up front here at the end. If you need prayer for something uh, that you didn't get prayed for earlier, we, we invite you to do that uh, at the end. So, Father, we, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would, you would allow our lives to line up with your plan with your purpose, with your calling, with, with your wishes, with your desire. God, and I, pr- I pray, Lord, Lord, I just, I just declare boldness over us, that we would be bold like the, these midwives here, that we're able to stand in, in a time where there was, there was a slaughter of the children coming in. Of course, we've had that in our country too as well. But Lord, that people would stand up for truth. They would not care about the consequences, but they'd be able to stand and proclaim and say, I'm standing for Jesus that I fear the Lord more than anything else, more than anyone else, even my own family members, that if my family is not with me, but I'm with Jesus, I'm going to be with Jesus. And so, Lord, give us boldness to step out and stand up for what you're calling us to stand up for. Whatever that is in our lives, it may be different for each and every one of us. It may not be super public, but we still get to take a stand and courageously choose to obey you, Lord. So we ask that you would release that boldness, that spirit of boldness that was upon these women. Lord, these women that were called in, why was the king even speaking to, the, to these women who were simply midwives? Lord, that they were brought into the presence of influence and authority. Lord, they were bought, brought into a place beyond their, their standing in natural humanity or in society. That God, you had a greater calling in their lives. That they, they were a part of something that you were doing in that season, God. And so even though some of us may not be people who anybody else would recognize, God, you might call us to something significant. And maybe no one else hears about it, God, but you will hear about it. And so help us be bold enough to step out even in the secret place. When nobody else knows, we're like, I'm going to follow God even when no one else is looking. I don't care if anybody else pats me on the back. I don't care if my children or my spouse or, or my parents pat me on the back. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, Lord, I, I just pray for, for those that, that, that are on the journey to freedom. God, there's, there's some amazing freedom that you have for us. Like we mentioned, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. Lord, you want us to walk in that freedom. And so, Lord, help us follow you. Lord, help us take the steps that you are leading us through to where we are, we are freer than we've ever been before, God. And so we thank you for all these words that have been declared over us today as your people, Lord, that you are, you are hearing our prayers. We trust that when we cry out to you, God, that you are hearing us, that we're not wasting our time, that we're not just going through religious activity, Lord, that when we pray and seek you, God, that you're actually hearing us, that the God of heaven is hearing our words and speaking his words to us when we pray. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the work in our, in our lives that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that you know our names. And then we'll know your name. Lord, we'll know you better this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are released to go. If you want prayer, don't leave here without getting prayer. If you need prayer, and we hope to see you on Wednesday night.
season is over There is a cloud beginning to swell To the skies, heavy with blessing Lift your eyes, offer your heart Jesus Christ, open the heavens Now we receive the Spirit of God We receive Every seed buried in sorrow. 